0: Canto 9, Chapter 8 The Sons of Sagara Meet Lord Kapiladeva. Shri Shuka said, Harita was the son of King Rohita, and his son Champa built a city called Champapuri. After him, there was Sudeva, who also had a son called Vijaya. Baruka was the son of Vijaya. He had one called Vrika and Vrika had Bauka as his son, of whom all the land he owned was taken by his enemies, so that the king had to enter the forest with his wife. When he died of old age, his queen wanted to die with him, but sage Aurva, understanding that she was pregnant with a son in her womb, forbade it. The co-wives, who knew this, gave her poison with her food, but... With that poison, Sagara was born who became an emperor of great repute. His sons were responsible for leading the Ganges to the ocean that was therefore called Sagara. He did not kill the antisocial elements, nor the ones opposing, the godless ones, the ruffians and the barbarians. He instead, following the orders of the Guru, allowed them to appear in odd dresses, shaved clean and wearing moustaches. Some he accepted as appearing with loose hair, being half-shaven, without any underwear or not being clad at all. Following the words of Aurova, he, being of yoga with the Supersoul, worshipped the Lord, the original self and controller of all Vedic knowledge and all enlightened souls, with horse sacrifices. One day, he discovered that the horse that was used for the sacrifice had been stolen by Purandara, Indra. The proud sons, born from Sumati, a wife of Sagara, thereupon, on the instruction of their father, all together searched throughout the entire country for the horse. In the north-eastern direction, they saw the horse near the ashrama of Kapila. They said, Now we know where that horse thief lives with his eyes closed. Kill him, kill that sinner. The 60,000 men of Sagara thus raised their weapons and approached him. That very moment the Muni opened his eyes. With their minds stolen by Indra and in offense with such a great personality as Kapila, their bodies self-ignited instantly and turned to ashes. It is not the viewpoint of the sages to say that the sons of the emperor burned to ashes on the spot because of the anger of the muni? For how could in the self of him who always resides in goodness and by whose grace the entire universe is purified, the mode of ignorance manifest itself so that anger could rise? How can earthly dust pollute the eater? How can with him who so thoroughly explained the world in analytical terms and who is present in this world as a boat for the seeker to cross over the ocean of nations that is so hard to overcome in one's mortal existence, how can there be a sense of distinction between friend and foe with such a learned person elevated in transcendence? He who was born from Keshini, another wife of Sagara, was called Asamanjasa, This prince fathered a son known as Amshuman, who always served his grandfather to the best of his ability. In a former life, Asamanjasa had been a yogi, so he could remember who had fallen from the path of yoga because of bad association. In this life, not tolerating any association, he therefore personally proved himself in a most disturbing way. Once, sporting with his relatives, He, acting most offensively, had thrown all the boys into the river the Sarayu. He thus caused his family a lot of grief. Because of these deeds, he was banished by his father, who gave up his affection for him. By the power of his yoga, he then showed the boys to their parents and went away. O King, all the inhabitants of Ayodhya were astounded to see their sons having returned again. The king was therefore truly sorry that his son was absent. The king ordered Amshuman, Asarmanjasa's son, to search for the horse that was stolen by Indra. He went after it and followed the path his uncles reportedly had taken. Thus he found the horse near a pile of ashes. When the great yogi saw the transcendental lord, the Vishnu-avatara known as Kapila, sitting there, he prostrated himself and attentively offered prayers with folded hands. Amshuman said, No one among us living beings is able to envision you as the transcendental person. Up to the present day, not even Lord Brahma is able to fathom you. And by whatever meditation or guesswork would others be able to do so? We creatures of the material world who, mistaking the body for the real self, are groping in the dark. The consciousness of those people who, under the influence of the three modes, the gunas, revere the body, is obscured by the deluding material energy. They see, also when they sleep, nothing but those basic qualities. Those who only have eyes for the external world cannot know you who reside within the body. How can I, this fool of matter, keep you in mind who are full of spiritual knowledge, you who are heeded by Sanandana and other sages free from the contaminating and bewildering illusion of the material diversity that is caused by the Gunas? O peaceful one, I offer you, the original person, my obeisances. You who, free from a specific name and form, are transcendental to both the manifest and non-manifest material energies, but in order to distribute the transcendental knowledge, have assumed a material body that is characterized by fruitive actions in relation to the modes of nature. Those whose minds are bewildered by lust, greed, envy and illusion, wander around in this world and take their hearth and home these products of your material energy for real. O Supreme Lord! By simply seeing you, this hard and tight knot of our illusion today has been broken, this bewildered state because of which one in one's sensuality, or soul of all living beings, is ruled by lust and selfishness. Sri Shuka said, O Master of Man, the great sage and supreme Lord Kapila, this way having been glorified, with a mind filled with mercy, told Amshuman the following. The Supreme Lord said, Take this horse, my son. It is a sacrificial animal of your grandfather. But for your forefathers, who burnt to ashes, there is no other way to be saved but by Ganges water. After having circumambulated him and having bowed down to his satisfaction, He brought a horse back to Sagara, whereupon, with that animal, the ceremony was completed. After delivering his kingdom to Amshuman, he, Sagara, being freed from his material bonds, attained the supreme destination by following the path delineated by Alruva.